Welcome to Oshiokyo, our Sailor Moon podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Isha, and in this episode we'll be talking about the inner century of the Dream slash Dead Moon arc and Sailor Moon. So, like I said in our last episode, we're kind of doing this in a reverse process, uh, where we start with the villains first and we'll end with our protagonists of Usagi and Mamoru, since especially in the manga, there's sort of the focus. With the inner century, it's been much less of a focus even in the manga, although they're way more competent in the manga than they are in the anime. Yeah, I feel like in the manga, she does a better job keeping their personalities consistent. Mm-hmm. So uh, this felt like a shorter arc anyways. Mm-hmm. And it was it was very clearly, you know, a, an Usagi Mamoru focused arc and, and Chibiusa focused arc. So I I don't feel like in the manga it was necessary to spend too much time with them because they were clearly established and they were there for support and they were consistent with the way they supported our main cast, you know, our main characters. Definitely. Um, And I really like that pretty much as soon as the eclipse finished and they were all done with their viewing, all of them were like, hey, something's wrong. And Mars immediately was like the first person to cotton on. She's just like, nope, there's an enemy. Yeah. And I mean, they were all there and they were all active players. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, even though you don't get a lot of individual time with them, they're there as a group. They function as a team. They work together. And like, you see them attending the circus together. You see Mm -hmm. them doing things together. They're communicating with each other. Uh... In the anime, when they want to focus on the main characters, you just don't see the others. <laughs> They're just not there. Yeah, it's, I mean, like we mentioned with the villains and also multiple times throughout the episodes, they spent a lot of time in the anime focusing on the villains and weirdly not even fleshing them out. <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, they, the inners were really kind of pushed to the side and they were a lot dumber in the anime like there was clearly an enemy because they're fighting a monster every week but there's almost like not even an acknowledgement that there is an enemy to fight everyone is just in routine like the in past seasons there's kind of this moment it's like what another enemy you know there's this kind of disappointment like things are finally peaceful and we have to fight again i don't recall having that moment in the anime this time. It's just like, a new enemy, an enemy, okay, let's fight, you know? (laughs) Yeah, like, there was no questioning of um, the Super Sailor Moon transformation without the chalice. There was no questioning of, like, why does Pegasus have to appear every time in order for Sailor Moon to do her attack? You know, like, why isn't her power enough? And also that none of them found the circus suspicious even after Momo got attacked in the circus... Until, like, literally the end when, ever, when the whole of the city was covered by spider webs and it's like, it all leads back to the circus. And they're all like, what? The circus? Like, what do yeah. you mean? <laughs> it's been 34 episodes of the circus. Yeah. They're very much just there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. well, the inner sense are. I'm actually kind of glad that the Outer Senshi were basically written out of this arc for this season. I mm-hmm. mean, they come in next season at the kind of the tail end of Nehalenia's story. Mm-hmm. 
But as far as um, the Dead Moon Circus arc, they're not even there, which I'd rather them just kind of write those characters out than do what they did with the inner senshi, which was in some cases flanderize them, you know, just making them caricatures of themselves. And in other cases, just completely changing their personalities to suit whatever story they're telling that episode. I, I feel like Usagi's the worst about that. I think most of the inner senshi are consistent with their personalities. It's just a single personality trait. Whereas, yeah, it, um, I can't even say that they were flanderized because they were so flat in the anime. They were just one dimensional. That, that yeah. was basically like, they they didn't even appear most of the time for the fights. Like, they weren't even allowed to do with their attacks. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they, they were just not really needed. <laughs> they really weren't. One aspect of the manga that I really liked was that as soon as the circus arrived, they weren't allowed to transform. And so they had mm-hmm. to unlock their power. And whereas, like, with previous power-ups, it had been given to them because, um, you know, Sailor Moon powered up, and so they get a power-up through her. This was a power-up they sought out. Hmm. You know? That this was something that they had to reach within themselves and basically recognize their own power instead of just be given power. Right. See, and it's really too bad that they didn't touch on that because mm-hmm. you and I were talking about in the last episode how they had a missed opportunity with the Amazonist Quartet in that they didn't become the asteroid senshi mm-hmm. because they have that moment where they're like, wait a second, she didn't give us our magic. We had our own magic and they un- unlocked their own powers. Mm-hmm. That could have been a really nice tie-in where like... The inner senshi unlocked their own powers, and then later on, the Amazonist Quartet unlocked their own powers, and we discovered that they're senshi too. Like, it would have been full circle, and would have made sense why they spent so much time focusing on them. Right, it would have been a, a great parallel within the story. and But, like, it really, yeah. it really showed that they didn't care about the inner senshi, because they did have their own power-ups within the anime, but only Mercury's episode for it was good. Like, Mars's was pathetic, and it spent more time on the star-eyed girl. And Jupiter and Venus were pushed together. And theirs was so lackluster with the preschool. Yeah, they just kind of speed-ran it with yeah, those two. Yeah, they were just like, oh, we have to power them up, so let's just push it through, like, let's two-for-one special. Yeah, Mercury's was the only one that kind of felt earned. Mercury's was so good, and, like, it really made me hate her dad. (laughs) And as someone with daddy issues, like, it hits home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But to backtrack, let's talk about what each of them did and the manga. So we'll start with Mars first. Uh, Like I said said earlier, uh, she immediately uses her priestess power. She's like, okay, so an enemy has arrived. We have to spy. Mm-hmm. It's coming from that circus. Like, she's instantly on her guard. And we also get to see Phobos and Deimos, like their little fairy forms. Oh my god. Yes! Such a disappointment. You never see... You never see that in the anime. <laughs> no. I mean, like, the ravens are completely written off. And again, it's an erasure of 
her spiritual power, which is hilarious because if she's not as Mars, like her most common outfit is her Miko outfit, but like they never use the fact that she is a priestess with actual psychic powers. Yeah. It's just a costume for her. You know, it's like she works at the shrine. She lives at the shrine. She does that job. Mm -hmm. It is treated more like a job. Um, I mean, we did have that time last season where she was like meditating really Mm -hmm. hard with the, but I mean, that wasn't even her episode. That was Yuichiro's episode. Yeah, it's, I mean, like. It's not, they don't do enough with it. Her shrine duties only come up if they're focusing on Yuichiro or her grandpa. (laughs) And honestly, like, the way they use your grandpa is such a missed opportunity. Because he mm-hmm. could really have been the supporter. Because it turns, like, the very actual serious nature of having to run a religious temple into a farce. That, mm. like, of course, this isn't a focus. Because look at the head priest of this temple, who is just a lecherous old man who doesn't actually care about the fact that he's running a temple. Yeah. And, like, puts all of the responsibility onto, like, his 15-year-old granddaughter. You know? Right. Whereas in the manga you know, Ray is a very serious, sensitive child. Like, her grandfather, like, sees her, and, like, she immediately bonds with Phobos and Deimos, and he's like, I can sense her spiritual power. You know, like, she could really take care of the shrine, which is why he lets her do so much work around the shrine, because she's an actual priestess with more power than he has. Like, I don't know. Like, far, far be it for me to say that, like, like, the writers and animators are, like, not respectful to, like, the Shinto religion because they're Japanese, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It is not <laughs> my place to say that. Um, I just wish there had been more of an acknowledgement of that for Mars. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's such a colorful part of her character, and it really is a missed opportunity. It's disappointed that it's treated uh, like an aesthetic, Rather than a major part of her character in the anime. I do, and, and it's tropey. Yeah. <laughs> and I do like that um, both in the manga and in the anime, there is a line drawn between Mars and Neptune in regards to those precognitive abilities. And also beauty. Because like Mars is, I think, acknowledged to be one of the more beautiful members of the inner century. Like, I think mm-hmm. Usagi drooled over her the most. Yeah, when they first met. Mm-hmm. Like, she yeah. was impressed by Ami's intelligence and beauty. She was impressed by uh, Mako's beauty, but mostly food. Um, I don't think we had that <laughs> opportunity for her to, like, go goo goo gaga over Venus. But definitely when Mars showed up, she was just like, holy shit, she's hot. <laughs> yeah, and she's acknowledged a lot as, like, the ideal. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes sense. She's She's got, she's a good height you know she's not super patini she's not super tall she's got long dark hair you know she kind of fits the ideals um especially of the time in a natural way you know yeah it's it's definitely commented on a lot i feel like in the manga her worry her jealousy that mamoru white might have interest in mars is a little more founded Mm-hmm. Um, especially because in, in the manga, um, 
Ray is so serious and so intellectual. Mm-hmm. So well, you could kind of see them working as a couple, except for the fact that Ray has no interest in men, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, of all of the inner sense, well, like Mars, Mercury, and Jupiter, when Luna sees Mars, she's just like, could this be the princess? Because look at her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, she's got, you know, even without her her senshi powers she had her spiritual powers Mm -hmm. she had she had already tapped into something that she was able to utilize well i mean all of them had technically yeah but i i I don't know i i just feel like tapping into those spiritual powers just made her already seem to fill that role Mm -hmm. and when you think about it um queen serenity Mm -hmm. um princess serenity's mother she was both queen and she also kind of had this feel of a high priestess Mm -hmm. don't you think oh definitely yeah she was Um, more high priestess than empress if we're gonna go by tarot right and so that being the case i could see why somebody with high you know this beautiful young woman with this strong spiritual connection and power would be kind of like a shoo-in for Queen Serenity's daughter. Mm-hmm. Of course, Princess Serenity was never quite like her mother. <laughs> Only in appearance. Yeah. <laughs> it does but, make yeah. you wonder, like, what was her dad like? And it's just like, I bet he was a himbo. Maybe. <laughs> but I don't know. Queen Serenity was like a goddess. I don't think she needed a husband. <laughs> Oh god, what is it? Oh no, what's it called? Oh, this happens with reptiles and like with sharks, um, where like what we would call virgin births. Oh, there's like a word for it. Uh, when they basically clone themselves. Yeah. Oh, there's a word for it. I'll I'll remember it later. It starts with a P. Um, it doesn't matter. It's not relevant to this discussion. But uh, Mars in the anime annoyed the shit out of me. Oh yeah, she's a a totally different. Um, she's such an asshole character. Yeah, she was such an asshole in this season, and like, she's been a worse asshole in like the first season and um, in parts of R. But like, she was so shrill somehow in this season mm-hmm. that I can't explain it. I can't like the only episode that I can really that really stands out to me is the one with the painter where she's like, no, we have to find him because he needs to have the privilege of painting me. Oh, she's so arrogant. Yeah. And I was just like, you are the perfect daughter for like a Japanese politician. Like you are in the manga. Like you're, you're so privileged and self-absorbed and you have all of these dreams that you're not qualified for. You know, like, you were a Nepo baby in the anime. Like, you have Nepo baby energy, and you don't have your politician dad who abandoned you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, it's so weird. Whereas, like, in the manga, like, what's, like, while Mars is trying, like, while Tiger's Eye is trying to ensnare Mars, like, he ends the the dream fantasy with, like, her, like, him holding her in a wedding dress, and all I want is to, like, get married and be rich, and she's like, the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> absolutely not 
It's almost like his wires got crossed and he was tapping into the mind of the other Mars, the anime version of Mars. There are definitely moments between the manga and the anime where it felt like they were taking digs at each other with their portrayal, where I was just like, what is happening? Like, is this intentional? (laughs) I hope it was. I think it probably was. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Especially, like, with the way the star-eyed girl was describing Ray as, like, this cool, confident powerful Miko-san and I'm just like and everyone in the anime is like you met Ray ever? Right. <laughs> it's like have you talked to this woman? Somehow streams were getting crossed. Truly. It was just like haha look how different they are. Yeah. And like I understand why they changed her in the anime initially because like they wanted to have someone who could stand up to Saki because Ami definitely wasn't going to do it and they didn't introduce Mako until like 15 episodes after Mars was introduced, so it's like, sure, I guess. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I see they wanted a foil for Usagi on the team, but at some point they needed to, like, dial it back, because mm-hmm. they stopped utilizing her as a fo- foil and just start using her as, like, a jerk, you know? God, like, yeah. she's not she's not questioning the leader anymore. She's not challenging the leader anymore. She's She's literally just bullying Usagi. Mm -hmm. And they do try to make a point whenever something happens to Usagi. They make it seem like Rei is, like, the most devastated and the most concerned. But they never do anything else to, like, earn that. Yeah. To make that make sense. She doesn't quietly support Usagi in any way. You know, like, there's ways where, like, there are people who will say rude shit to your face. But they will find ways to help you in the background because they're emotionally constipated or like they don't know how to express themselves properly and like words mm-hmm. are difficult but they're like I can do actions but Ray does neither right. right and then like when Isaki's like I don't care I'm gonna walk into the Hellenius trap Ray's like no you can't go and I'm like this is unearned yeah I'm like you don't <laughs> like her several times you're like I would make a better princess like I should be queen like what it's is happening to steal her man <sighs> so weird I don't know. <laughs> Most of this is stuff that, like, listeners have are used to. Like, we just bitch about Mars in the anime a lot. But I will say that Mars and Neptune teamed up in the anime in the, the final six episodes that we covered was great. I love that Neptune mm. basically pushed her down without having to try. Yeah. You know, like, Neptune's just like, we'll, we'll go in this direction. Mars is like... I guess we have to. <laughs> yeah. Like, she doesn't want to, but she's just like, but she's so cool. <laughs> right. You know, and then when Nep- but, and then when Neptune gets captured, you know, she uses her weapon and kills the enemy and saves Neptune. I mean, of course, it's moot because they both end up captured in a mirror anyway. But it's still a cool ass moment and very well animated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really do like the pairings they did. Uh, it's too bad none of that happened during the actual um, previous season, the mm. Dead Moon season. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The I mean, again, season. I like that they were able to use the Outer Senshi as foils for the inners mm-hmm. in the, both the manga and the anime. I, di- I did find it interesting that they couldn't do that for Jupiter because, like, Saturn, because, like, it was Venus, Pluto, Mercury, Uranus, Mars, Neptune. But like, and like in the manga, when they were all powering up, 
for Mars, it was Neptune. Mercury, it was Pluto. Jupiter, it was Uranus. And then for Venus, it was her by herself and Artemis helped her power up. And mm-hmm. um, I like, I found it really interesting that Venus and Pluto were put together. And they're really, it's like how I said, that's like Grey's crack ship. You know, because they're oh. <laughs> they're complete opposites. Their birthdays are a week apart. You know, like mm-hmm. Venus is October twenty second and Pluto's is October 29th. But they're mm. so different in mind and presentation. Like Venus is like the classic extrovert, and Pluto is like, if you never see me, I will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, we never get enough of. Pluto to really know her mm-hmm. her personality. Mm-hmm. We know she's more than what we see, you know, yeah. because she's she's very sweet and kind to Chibiusa. Like that is her best friend, you know. <laughs> Until oh, best, she meets Hotaru. Child. Um, yeah. We'll talk more about Pluto in the Outer Century episode next week. But to to take from that, I like that Pluto's intelligence in the manga is emphasized because that's who, Mer- that's who Mercury thinks of when it comes to her power-up. Yeah. Mercury yeah, remembers true. the advice that Setsuna gave her uh, and uses that to power through like uh, the way that Fisheye is manipulating her with feelings of loneliness and abandonment, which are perfectly rational. And I just, I like the way Mercury has the most consistent character portrayal across every adaptation mm-hmm. you know and i think sometimes people underestimate her i know she's really popular in japan but she's not so popular in america because she is that shy introvert type a intelligent girl that flies under the radar but like when you have that trauma of coming from divorced family being a single child but you're rich and you're intelligent your dad has disappeared. Your mom is there, but not really because she's always working because she's a doctor. And you don't have any friends. You know, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Like, you're going to be fucked up from it. Right. And I, I like that even though the anime doesn't really show how messed up her life is, there are still shades of it, of of how sad she is. Yeah. Um. My only complaint is sometimes, and I've I've gone in length about this before, but in the anime, she can be, I find her very annoying sometimes in the anime because they go and make her very one dimensional and they'll, they do those things where they're like, they're trying to signal to the audience that the person is very smart mm-hmm. by like stating facts and stating trivia, but it's always really stupid stuff you know like very obvious stuff like water let melts me... sugar huh water melts sugar right water melts sugar <laughs> she like and she had to figure that out on her little computer or whatever or actually cake isn't good for you oh god yeah cake is bad for you as a matter of fact she does that kind of stuff all the time it's like like people know she people did know it less things. in this season she did do it less because she spoke less. <laughs> yeah. She was there less. Yeah. And when she was there, she did do it sometimes, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, she has to. Have you seen the brains on these girls? They all had lobotomies. I mean, yeah, I guess. But <laughs> it's it's just... It's very frustrating. I if, if people, like... I feel like that was very common in the 90s, even in American TV oh, yeah. cartoons. The you'd have like show. the smart character. Yeah. You'd have like the smart character and they would they would just like have little phrases like, well, according to my calculations, well, actually, you know, and they'd always just like spill a bunch of facts and it's usually something that was not that unknown. Like it wasn't actually something very complicated to get to. And it's like I hate when you are just dumbing down the rest of the cast to make one character seem intelligent, when really the quote-unquote smart character contains all the power of average intelligence. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone else is just below average. Well, I mean, what was it? George Carlin, who said, uh, think of the average person's intelligence and then realize that half of them are below that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, but it's taken to an extreme, you know? Yeah, but I did like her episode, her power up episode. I thought it was really great. I thought it was beautifully animated. I thought it was a great storyline. And I like, she did get two, because when she gets targeted for her dream mirror... I did not expect to ship her in Shingo. <laughs> in the future. In the future, yeah. I mean, like, they're in not like that... years. Di- yeah, they're not that different in age, you know? But, like, no. at, like, the ages that they are presently, like, it's too much, you know? Like, a year difference right. is too much. I yeah. remember, like, what was it, like, sixth grade or something? There was, like, a seventh grader a friend had a crush on, and, like, we had little school dances, and the seventh grader refused to dance with my friend because she was too young. <laughs> and it's like there's a year difference here. I'm like, what do you mean too young? <laughs> right. She was so heartbroken. I was like, that's really messed up. It's the last dance of the year. <laughs> just dance with her. Yeah, you could at least dance with her. It's just, right. Like, she's not asking for a kiss. She's not even asking for you to be her date. Just a dance with her. Right. You know. Yeah. Come on anyway. now. Whatever. I mean, in, f- I mean in fairness, children are like, children. Yeah, like my friend group like had crushes and like seventh and eighth grade boys and I'm like I don't get it and then I realized much later that like I didn't get it because I wasn't into preteen or teen boys I was into like full grown men <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like uh <laughs> yeah so I remember like fully not understand I'm like they're like he's so cute and I'm like where <laughs> right <laughs> explain this to me yeah um it's it's funny it's weird. it is but it, Life it is, is weird. It is weird. But I did, I was surprised because I, I was just like, oh, I didn't expect any of this with the beach episode. And like, Shingo really tried to protect her. Poor thing. It was cute. They're cute. Moving on to Jupiter. Uh, mm-hmm. So in the manga, she was the weakest to the Amazon trio because like, Hawkeye got her. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye got her good. And it makes sense because she is... She's very, um, she's very interested in guys, you know? She's the boy crazy one. They don't but let her do that thing, like, he, wa- he wasn't dressed as a guy. Like, he was dressed as a woman. Mm-hmm. He got her with spices and flowers. Oh, that's right. I'm... 
So there was no seduction in the manga, really. It was just like, oh, I want to open my... It was basically just, I have the same dreams as you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to work together? They actually looked like they'd be good friends. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like they had the same interests. And it's like, well, I don't want to be part of the circus forever. I I eventually want to just have a shop just like this. And she's like, that's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. So unlike Tiger's Eye and Fisheye, who immediately targeted um, Ray and Ami, like, Hawkeye's like, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to seduce this girl with the power of dreams. Right. Because when Mako sees the shop, she's immediately suspicious. She's like, all of this stuff comes from the Amazon. All of this is from Brazil. Like, all of this exotic shit. You literally just told me you're from the circus that I know is evil. And she still puts on the ring that he gives her. Yeah. Well, he seems, like, even to the reader, he seems convincing. Like, you almost feel bad for him. It's like, I wonder if any of that was true. I wonder if he wasn't, like, a cursed animal, if that's something he really would have wanted, you know? Right! I mean, like, in the manga, like, they are all animals that are enchanted to be human, and if they succeed, they get to keep their form. So maybe that really was Hawkeye's dream. Yeah. Travel the world, like, set up shop, like, do shit. Yeah. Which, you know, again, if they had gone that direction, instead of, like, the pervert direction with the anime, mm. I would have been, like, rooting for them, you know? Right? Like, I would have been, like, it's, because it, then they would have been way more sympathetic, because it's like, you know, we're, we're sorry that we lied, we're sorry what we did, but we have to do this so that we can live our dreams. Uh-huh. Like, I would have been like, please don't kill them, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, when they did finally die, like, when they were finally defeated, I was disappointed that they didn't die. Like, this is the thing yeah. that the anime will do that in the manga doesn't happen. In the manga, it's just kind of like, you're evil, and I will purify you, not by redeeming you, but by murdering the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah, the, the manga is way more deadly to its villains. <laughs> yeah, this is this is why when people are just like, it's like a dark Sailor Moon, I'm like, did, did you read Sailor Moon? Yeah. And the answer was usually no, what people were familiar with were was not only like the more sanitized original anime but with the extremely sanitized you know cut version of the original dub and so it's just like you've never you don't know what sailor moon is like yeah you don't know sailor moon you know like even the live action and the musicals they're like no people straight up die like i don't know what to tell you yeah yeah (laughs) sometimes evil has to die it can't always be redeemed yeah. Uh, this is why I was mad that Nahelenia just gets to relive her shitty life. <laughs> I'm like, no, just kill her. Sometimes bad people have to die. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, they they went a weird redirec- direction with Nahelenia. It's very strange. But um, for Jupiter's power-up in the manga, like, because she's captured by Hawkeye and she's, you know, under his spell and unconscious, you know, when, like, her own little spirit appears for her. It's, it scolds her. It's straight up like, the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> You're the super strong, you know, Jupiter. Like, you can't be finished like this. And um, she's like, You're right. And even though she has all of these dreams, I think of like all of the century, Jupiter has the most dreams because she's like, I want to have a family. I want to be a florist. I want to be a baker. I want to have these shops. I want to provide for people. That's not always reflected in everyone else. Like, I think Venus probably has the most... Venus is probably the most comparable, but, like, Venus wants to be an entertainer. 
you know? Yeah. And, and like we see with pop stars in real life, like they usually wear multiple different kinds of hats. So like, as long as she gets her foot in the door, she could probably do all of those things. Um, and like, I like that in the anime, that's also still reflected. Like when all of the, the Amazonist quartet laugh at Mako for wanting to take care of other people as an adult, they're just like, wait, you want to spend your whole life serving others? Mako's like, yeah, what? of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's that's what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. I like that her parallel to Haruka is to be careful of her own weakness. Mm-hmm. I like that it's Haruka to Jupiter, because you would expect Haruka to Venus, because Haruka is the unofficial leader of the outer century. But it goes mm-hmm. to Jupiter. I, I can't explain why I like that. I just love it. <laughs> I mean, because later in the manga, Venus is just like, fuck Haruka, fuck all these people. <laughs> I'm the leader. <laughs> I'm the leader of all of you. <laughs> just listen to me. Um, right. In the anime, I think I was least bothered by Jupiter's portrayal, except for the episode where Tiger's Eye targets her. I know you said during that episode that, like, she's a 15-year-old girl who falls in love really easily, but I was just really mad that she waited a whole day in the rain for a boy to come back. Yeah. Um, For a college boy to come back. Yeah. Uh, What bothers me, so, of course, the whole thing is upsetting, but again, we see early on that Mako gets fixated and stays fixated on a boy. What bothered me was that her friends enabled that toxic behavior. Mm. You know? Her friends were like, okay, we'll wait with you. Instead of just like, you cannot do this. We are not doing this right now, girl. We are not going to wait around for some adult man to come back for you. That I I wasn't mad about because... They did try to get her to leave, and she refused to leave, and because she's literally physically stronger than all of them, they were like, okay, we can at least stay with you and make sure that you're safe. Yeah, and I guess it's not like you could call... You can't call her parents! Yeah, she's used to being independent and doing whatever the fuck she wants because there's no adult to call her out. Yeah, that's true. I think if they had called Mamori to be like, hey, Mamori, we know you're not as physically strong as her... But maybe if you try to make her leave, she might give in. Right. <laughs> because you're also an adult. <laughs> right. Yeah, Oof. I don't know. I I just would have... It would have been nice for them to have let her grow and mature. Instead of being like, well, this is her. This is what she does. Yeah, I did find it very funny when Mars called her out for always assuming it's a senpai. When like they all thought Chibiusa had a crush on that poor long-faced man. Yeah. And Mako's just like, it's always a senpai. (laughs) Right. Like, usually, and, like, she's not wrong. I don't think there's been any, like, actual studies of, like, do little girls end up crushing on boys who are older than them? You know, are boys the same age? Um, But, like, the idea that, like, yeah, usually younger girls do have crushes on boys who are slightly older than them and sometimes boys who are much older than them um but i thought that was just very funny i thought that was really just like putting a lampshade on it right and 
you know, I, I think that's not just boys. I, I mean, not just girls, but I think boys do that too. Like, oh, for sure. You just, you just, you're a kid. You're growing. You crush on people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, it's like just because that's what you expect. It's just like, oh, I've seen media. Mm-hmm. Boys and girls fall in love. Yeah. That's the one that I pick to have my, as my crush today. You know? Well, also, too, like, with, I mean, with people the same age as you, especially when you're younger, so, like, 10 and under, they're just playmates, you know? Like, they're categorized differently in your head, you yeah. know? There, there's not, like, a, not always kind of, like, a, oh, this person will grow up into someone. Like, there are obviously some cases where, like, little boys and girls, like, see another little boy or girl and they're like i love you romantically and i'm gonna marry you one day and it's like it's like you are my boyfriend we (laughs) are married now (laughs) right it's like you're five relax um but i think because like with especially with an older person it's just like well they can do more things and also they're more removed you know Mm -hmm. they're not someone that you see every day and like have to work with in school or play with at recess you know there's there's a removal that allows for the growth of those feelings. Yeah. You know, or like that idealization of like this person can do this and they're so pretty and they're more developed. And, you know, it's like every boy that like, or like every person that got turned on by like princess Leia in the bikini or like Jessica rabbit, you know, it's that, or like every person who like watched the labyrinth and was like, I'm either straight, gay or bisexual depending on who I'm attracted to, Sarah or Jareth, or both. I am. You know? I am. I am on the ace spectrum. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you watch it and you're just like, man, I wish I was one of these puppets, you're ace. (laughs) You're just like, wait, what are we looking at? (laughs) If you watch The Labyrinth and your focus is just on how the puppetry works, you have no sexuality. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that dress, though. I fell right. in love with Sarah's dress. That's what I fell in love with. I mean, I, I mean, look, only like the straightest of men would not fall for Sarah's dress. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Anyways, Labyrinth is an excellent litmus test for gayness. <laughs> if you show that to a seven or eight year old child, and then you say, "Who were your favorite characters and why?" you will find out. He's like, okay, now I know. It's like, all right, <laughs> check, 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 check. But we were... We were talking about Jupiter. Um, I hate her power-up episode in the anime. Um, We talked about that already in a previous episode. I don't want to rehash that. Uh, Jupiter deserved better. Um, The constant disrespect that Jupiter and Venus will get, but Jupiter more than, because Venus will get... Like, her solo episodes are fabulous, and Jupiter's are not. Yeah, Jupiter doesn't get enough love at all uh, mm-hmm. from the anime, which is terrible because she's, I mean, she's got one of the prettiest color schemes. I mean, pink and green. It's so pretty. good. So good. And she's also needlessly sexualized in her henshin. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's so weird to me. Like, I, I don't know why she doesn't get as, so, I don't know why she doesn't get more love. I love that she is both the strongest and the most traditionally feminine of the group. Mm-hmm. She, and I've always kind of related to her from that when I was younger. 
because mm-hmm. you know I, I used to work out I did police academy in high school and weight training and also had like the heart of a girly girl which mm-hmm. didn't come out as much until later in my life you know mm-hmm. being a beautician now uh, so I always loved that she was allowed to be both because uh, a lot of times it's like the strong girl characters like the tomboy character and she wears boy clothes and I hate pink and Especially during that time. Like, during that time, especially in America, you were either, oh my god, a stupid girly girl, or you were like the not-like-other-girls, tough girl, you know? And she was like the tough girl, the strong girl, who also liked to bake, who also liked flowers, who also liked the color pink. It's like, yes, thank you, you can do both. Yeah, she has, like, that hard exterior, but she's also wearing pink rose earrings. Yeah. Yeah, I love her. I love that in the first six episodes of Stars, she's literally fighting Nehalenia on her own, being like, I would rather die. Like, both at the end of Super S and um, at the beginning of Stars, she was like, I would rather die than bow to you or sacrifice Isagi. And I'm like, that's my girl. Yeah, she's a badass. She's so good. She's so loyal. I love her. She's a treasure. Um, Mm -hmm. moving on to Venus, what I wrote for Venus in the anime was perfect as always, no notes, deserves everything and more. (laughs) Anyways, thanks for watching, or listening. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know that there's anything I have to say about Venus in the anime, except that, like, she's perfect and I love her. I think I say that every time there's focus on Venus in the anime, it's just like, what, like, perfect perfection she's there's nothing wrong with her everything she is chooses to be is portrayed as perfection they did a good job adapting her personality from the manga to the anime she's very funny she's um in fact i think the adaptation of her is better than the adaptation of usagi uh, oh yeah at least she's consistent and maybe she she doesn't get as much screen time as I wish she would, but maybe that works to her advantage as far as staying consistent with her mm-hmm. personality. Um, I, I love that she, like, immediately teams up with Isaki at school. You know, like, she yeah. specifically wants to go to school with all of them because she was at a different middle school, so she's mm-hmm. just like, I'm gonna go to school with you, and you and I are gonna be late together, and we're gonna take makeup exams together, because they know that they're both idiots. Right. <laughs> and there's just, like, that bonding of, like, yes, we will be idiots together. <laughs> well, they're not idiots. They're just bad at school. They're bad at academics. For sure. I'm like I'm not saying this, but like yeah. they're saying it to each from other. Her, they both know that they do not perform well in school and that they are like considered by both their parents and their teachers as being not smart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Right. They do have a lot of intelligence. They are very capable. Venus at least has like more physical strength and dexterity than Mm -hmm. Usaki does. She has, she's like, I have PE. If nothing else, (laughs) I have PE. And Usaki's just like, if nothing else, I know I'm going to rule this planet. So none of this matters actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine like what a relief that is, as like a student to be like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to take over the world. Like I want to do, I want to do well in school, but Uh, honestly, I don't think that's a comfort for Usagi, because I don't think she wants that either. I mean, 
No, it's fine because she has just to be a normal girl. She wants to fall in love and get married and have a family. Yeah, but she has Memoria to be her king, so he can do all of the hard stuff. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) She just has to, you know, like she just needs to have the power, and he will. He and Ami will do the administration. Uh huh. Because it's not like she's ruling alone. She has all of these friends, and they have all the skills that they that she needs to run a kingdom. Yeah, I don't know. I still don't really see her, like, thinking about it, though. No, she definitely wouldn't. She does not have that mental capacity. Yeah, but when it comes to Venus, uh, yet, um, she's pretty consistent, which is great. You know, she's funny. She is chaotic. She, um, she is the leader of the team. And when she steps up, she steps up with all the courage and conviction that she needs uh she enjoys uh she enjoys pop stars she wants to be a pop star she enjoys media and television and music she i i wish i feel sad that she never got back into volleyball we know she still has an mm. interest in it and it's something that she loves but it's something that she has chosen to give up for the sake of being a senshi and so I, I feel like the that does show, however, that as as chaotic as she seems, she does have a strong sense of responsibility to the team and as the team's leader. Mm-hmm. Not that we ever see her well, we rarely see her step up as the team leader because Usagi is there. Mm-hmm. But when we do her see her step up, she steps up well. And she takes on that role well. Yeah. And I think we often forget, and I have this in the notes, that Minako was the first century activated, both in the manga and the anime. So she's been doing this the longest out of all of them. Right. Um, so she knows what she's doing. Like, she understands. But, like, she also doesn't let the responsibility of it weigh her down. Mm-hmm. You know? Like... It's not until the manga and everybody else is able to transform and she's not that she's really affected by the fact that, you know, she can't lead them. And, you know, she feels ashamed to tell them, like, I still can't do this because she's supposed to be leading them. Mm. You know? Yeah. You know, she willingly walks into a trap because she's like, well, I can at least do this because she wants to support her friends but she's also acknowledging that she's weak without telling them that, like, hey, I feel weak. Because she does feel that responsibility come down on her. But, like, when that power is stripped away from her, but she's still left with responsibility, she doesn't really know what to do with it. Um, right. And I love that in the manga, Artemis comes for her. and He's like, you can't transform because I'm not believing in you enough. Like, we've been together forever. And, like, mm. I haven't been there for you. Yeah. You know, and, like, she powers up to save Artemis because, like, he almost dies with the boulder and whatnot. And I love that, you know, even if you've never read uh, Codename Sailor V and you don't get to see that close relationship that Minako and Artemis have, you, you still feel it in that moment of Artemis desperately trying to save Minako and Minako desperately trying to save Artemis because... In both the manga and the anime, like, they mess with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's very... I love their relationship. It's I love that 
I love Venus. I love Artemis. I'm always like, perfect. No notes. Like, excellent. And I love that Venus really takes it seriously. You know, she really does take her sensory duty seriously. I think more than literally anybody else. Like, she is the one who has never really shied away. And eventually when we read Codename Sailor V, like, we can talk about how she comes to that realization um, and dedicates herself as a senshi. I freaking love her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... I, love, I loved her in Super S. I loved her in the manga. Like, genuinely, I have no other notes for her. Yeah, well, Sailor Moon Usagi, she was definitely a reluctant hero and still mm-hmm. is in many ways. But uh, Venus has always embraced her role. You know, that is a, not just a, a secret identity. She has embraced that identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, she's so she, great. She's <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say that's a great note to end on, but we're going to talk briefly about the cats. Mm-hmm. They're not a focus at all, really, in the manga or the anime. They, con- they continue to exist. They continue to exist. Uh, we get a little bit of focus when Diana appears in the anime because she did not appear in S. Um, so in the manga, there's no, there's not a lot of need to focus on the cats, except for when Artemis goes to save Minako, because they're not needed as much. Um, but, you know, we do get some cute moments, like Luna hangs out with Kenji Papa and, like, reads the news with him or watches the news with him and, like, mm-hmm. gets info that maybe the others aren't going to get because they don't read newspapers or watch, like, the news on TV, you know, so mm-hmm. she gets to relay that information and Diana gets cuddled by Mamoru because Mamoru is just like, so in terms of the people that I love, it's Diana. <laughs> 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 then he's like, he's Chibius. <laughs> and that's because fair. It's so cute because he's like, he's like, like, run up to him before school. And then Diana is there. And he's like, I don't care about these girls. Give me the kitty. <laughs> he's like, kitten. He's like, I kitten. love you. And Chibius is like, why don't I get a hug? He's like, are you a kitten? <laughs> <laughs> Which is just more proof that Mamoru is the best man. So. Truly. Like, it's just like, who do you want as a man? And it's just like, manga Mamoru, just be this guy. Um, but you don't have to have dead parents or, like, a massive inheritance. I'm not going to put that on you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in the anime, we do have Diana's introductory episode where poor Artemis gets abused by everybody. For oh having a cat out of wedlock. I do love that, like, Minako's response is just, like, how can you have a child and not take care of it? Like, her anger is not that he had a child. Her anger is that he's not supporting the child. Yeah. That whole episode, <laughs> that whole episode was cringy. It was, I was not a fan of that one. It was not great, but I did love Minako confronting Artemis and Artemis being like, oh, are you mad at me because of, like, a list of things that he's done but not told her about her being like, so it was you. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those rare moments in the anime where we get to see their relationship. Mm-hmm. And then, like, there are a few episodes where, like, Chibius and Diana's friendship is put in the spotlight. Um, unfortunately, one of those episodes was the Potofu one with the old lady and, like, the old chef man. Oh, yeah. And, like, how we were just like, ma'am, don't be with this old dude. Like, yeah, <laughs> he doesn't yeah. deserve your pot of food. <laughs> he yeah, abandoned really. you for 20 years. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But it, it was weird how Diana was introduced. It was kind of random. They did devote an episode to it, but it still felt just very random. 
I honestly uh, don't remember if, like, Diana said, I was sent back by Neo Queen Serenity to hang out with Chibiusa. Like, there had been no mention of Diana for two seasons, and then all of a sudden she's here, and I'm just like, I'm sorry. The time for Diana was S. You yeah. Know, at the very least, like, she should have appeared in R, like, when they went into Crystal Tokyo and saw, like, she could have been asleep with her parents, like, or, you know, it, anyway. Especially because a major plot point or a major part of Chibiusa's character is the fact that she feels alone and she has no friends. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, by the way, it's your long lost friend, the little kitten that's been your friend forever. Remember? You know? (laughs) You know, it's like (sighs) I felt like we were getting gaslit and it's just like, no, no, this was not a character before now. You just threw a kitten in and we're like, it's your friend. The friend you've always had. They had to throw in Diana because they were like, well, we don't have the outers, so we can pay for an extra character, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't uh, know. I think they decided that they wanted her, and they just didn't think through how to put her in the story. It's like, well, I we, mean, want, like we... we want that merchandise. Well, there's a third cat we can have merchandise of. we got to get her in there somewhere. I mean, like we said, they clearly didn't do a lot of thinking for Super S. Yeah. Anyway. And that's the cats. And that's the cats. <laughs> um, but we still get, in both the manga and the anime, Venus and Artemis's relationship. And that's really what matters. Mm-hmm. Um, give me a Sailor V anime. Do it. Give me Sailor V. Give me an OVA, you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um we still don't have uh, an international release date for sailor moon cosmos oh really yeah it's been out like the second part has been out for over a month now oh wow and there's still no international release date i don't know what the fuck toei is doing weird i'm so mad at them anyway i'm gonna die mad it's fine <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr and now Blue Sky instead of Twitter at Pod, or contact us through email at OshiokiyoThePodcast at gmail.com. All those links will be in our show description. Thanks to Ray Daly and the use of his artwork. Please rate and review us wherever you find us or Tsukini Kawate Oshiokiyo. Oshiokiyo.